0: Hello there, and welcome to Down to Sleep. This is the podcast of softly spoken stories to help you get a good night's rest. This is a complete audiobook of Winnie the Pooh, part one. I hope you enjoy this episode read by me. New episodes come out every Monday on Spotify and podcast apps. You can get two episodes a week by joining the Patreon. For a few dollars a month, you get access to over 130 readings, all the complete audiobooks, including Winnie the Pooh as one file, and even versions with rain sounds behind them, if you enjoy that kind of thing, to help you get down to sleep. You can join me at patreon.com slash downtosleep. Would love to have you as part of our Sleepy Book Club. This podcast is run entirely by me, and narrated by me, and produced by me, so we would love to have your support. And when I say we, I mean me. Thank you for listening. Now, let's tuck you in Take a nice deep breath, and let's get down to sleep. The Introduction If you happen to have read another book about Christopher Robin, you may remember that he once had a swan, or the swan had Christopher Robin, I don't know which, and that he used to call this swan Pooh. That was a long time ago, and when we said goodbye, we took the name with us as we didn't think the swan would want it any more. Well, when Edward Bear said that he would like an exciting name all to himself, Christopher Robin said at once without stopping to think that he was Winnie the Pooh, and he was. So, as I have explained the Pooh part, I will now explain the rest of it. You can't be in London for long without going to the zoo, there are some people who begin the zoo at the beginning, called Way In, and walk as quickly as they can, past every cage, until they get to the one called Way Out. But the nicest people go straight to the animal that they love the most, and they stay there. So when Christopher Robin goes to the zoo, he goes to where the polar bears are. He whispers something to the third keeper from the left doors are unlocked and we wander through dark passages and up steep stairs until at last we come to the special cage and the cage is opened and out trots something brown and furry and with a happy cry of oh bear Christopher Robin rushes into its arms now this bear's name is Winnie which shows what a good name for bears it is, but the funny thing is, we can't remember whether Winnie is called after Pooh or Pooh after Winnie. We did know once, but we have forgotten. I had written as far as this when Piglet looked up and said in his squeaky voice, What about me? My dear Piglet, I said, the whole book is about you. So it is about Pooh, he said. You see what it is. He's jealous, because he thinks Pooh is having a grand introduction all to himself. Pooh is the favorite, of course, there is no denying it. But Piglet comes in for a good many things which Pooh misses, because you can't take Pooh to school without everybody knowing it. But Piglet is so small that he slips into a pocket where it is very comforting To feel him, when you're not quite sure whether twice seven is twelve or twenty-two. Sometimes he slips out and has a good look in the ink pot, and in this way, he's got more education than Pooh. But Pooh doesn't mind. Some have brains, and some haven't, he says. And there it is. And now all the others are saying, what about us? So perhaps the best thing to do is to stop writing introductions and get on with the book. Chapter 1 In which we are introduced to Winnie the Pooh and some bees, and the stories begin. Here is Edward Bear, coming downstairs now, bump, 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 on the back of his head, behind Christopher Robin. It is, as far as he knows, the only way of coming downstairs. But sometimes he feels that there really is another way. If only he could stop bumping for a moment and think of it. And then he feels that perhaps there isn't. Anyhow, here he is at the bottom, and ready to be introduced to you. Winnie the Pooh. When I first heard his name, I said just as you were going to say. But I thought he was a boy. So did I, said Christopher Robin. Then you can't call him Winnie. I don't. But you said, he's Winnie the Pooh. Don't you know what the means? Ah, yes, now I do, I said quickly. And I hope you do too, because it's all the explanation that you are going to get. Sometimes... Winnie the Pooh likes a game of some sort when he comes downstairs, and sometimes likes to sit quietly in front of the fire and listen to a story. What about a story, said Christopher Robin. What about a story, I said. Could you very sweetly tell Winnie the Pooh one? I suppose I could, I said. What sort of stories does he like? About himself, because he's That sort of bear. Oh, I see. So could you, very sweetly. I'll try, I said. So I tried. Once upon a time, a very long time ago now, about last Friday, Winnie the Pooh lived in a forest, all by himself, under the name of Sanders. "'What does under the name mean?' asked Christopher Robin. "'It means he had the name over the door, in gold letters, and lived under it.' "'Winnie the Pooh wasn't quite sure,' said Christopher Robin. "'Now I am,' said a growly voice. "'Then I will go on,' said I. "'One day, when he was out walking, he came to an open place in the middle of the forest.' And in the middle of this place was a large oak tree. And from the top of the tree there came a loud buzzing noise. Winnie the Pooh sat down at the foot of the tree. He put his head between his paws and he began to think. First of all, he said to himself, That buzzing noise means something. You don't get a buzzing noise like that, just buzzing and buzzing without its meaning something. If there's a buzzing noise, somebody's making a buzzing noise, and the only reason for making a buzzing noise that I know of is because you're a bee. Then he thought for another long time and said, and the only reason for being a bee that I know of is making honey. And then he got up and said And the only reason for making honey Is so as I can eat it So he began to climb the tree He climbed and he climbed and he climbed And as he climbed he sang a little song to himself And it went like this Isn't it funny how a bear likes honey? buzz, 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 I wonder why he does. Then he climbed a little further, and a little further, and then just a little further. By that time, he had thought of another song. It's a very funny thought that if bears were bees, they'd build their nests at the bottom of trees. And that being so, if the bees were bears... We shouldn't have to climb up all these stairs. He was getting rather tired by this time, so that's why he sang a complaining song. He was nearly there now, and if he just stood on that branch, crack. Oh, help, said Pooh, as he dropped ten feet on the branch below him. If only I hadn't, he said, as he bounced twenty feet onto the next branch. You see what I meant to do, he explained, as he turned head over heels and crashed onto another branch thirty feet below. What I meant to do, of course, it was rather, he admitted as he slithered very quickly through the next six branches. It all comes, I suppose, he decided, as he said goodbye to the last branch, spun round three times, and flew gracefully into a bush it all comes of liking honey so much oh help he crawled out of the bush brushed the prickles from his nose and began to think again and the first person that he thought of was christopher robin was that me said christopher robin in an awed voice hardly daring to believe it that was you Christopher Robin said nothing, but his eyes got larger and larger, and his face got pinker and pinker. So Winnie the Pooh went round to his friend Christopher Robin, who lived behind a green door in another part of the forest. Good morning, Christopher Robin, he said. Good morning, Winnie the Pooh, said you. I wonder... If you've got such a thing as a balloon about you. A balloon? Yes. I just said to myself coming along, I wonder if Christopher Robin has such a thing as a balloon about him. I just said to myself, thinking of balloons and wondering. What do you want a balloon for, you said. Winnie the Pooh looked round to see that nobody was listening. He put his paw to his mouth and said in a deep whisper, "'Honey. "'But you don't get honey with balloons.' "'I do,' said Pooh. "'Well, it just happened that you had been to a party the day before "'at the house of your friend Piglet, "'and you had balloons at the party. "'You had had a big green balloon.' "'and one of Rabbit's relations had had a big blue one "'and had left it behind, "'being really too young to go to a party at all. "'And so you had brought the green one "'and the blue one home with you. "'Which one would you like?' you asked Pooh. "'He put his head between his paws "'and thought very carefully. "'It's like this,' he said. "'When you go after honey,' With a balloon, the great thing is not to let the bees know you're coming. Now, if you have a green balloon, they might think you are only part of the tree and not notice you. And if you have a blue balloon, they might think you are only part of the sky and not notice you. And the question is, which is most likely? Wouldn't they notice you underneath the balloon, you asked? They might, or they might not, said Winnie the Pooh. You never can tell with bees. He thought for a moment and said, I shall try to look like a small black cloud. That will deceive them. Then you had better have the blue balloon, you said. And so it was decided. Well, you both went out with the blue balloon, and you took your gun with you just in case, as you always did. And Winnie the Pooh went to a very muddy place that he knew of, and rolled and rolled until he was black all over. And when the balloon was blown up, as big as big, and you and Pooh were both holding on to the string, you let go suddenly. And Pooh Bear floated gracefully up into the sky, and stayed there, level with the top of the tree, and about twenty feet away from it. Hooray, you shouted. Isn't that fine? shouted Winnie the Pooh down to you. What do I look like? You look like a bear holding on to a balloon, you said. Not, said Pooh anxiously. Not like a small black cloud in a blue sky. Not very much. Ah. Well, perhaps from up here it looks different. And as I say, you never can tell with bees. There was no wind to blow him nearer to the tree. So there he stayed. He could see the honey. He could smell the honey. But he couldn't quite reach the honey. After a little while, he called down to you. Christopher Robin, he said in a loud whisper. Hello? I think the bees suspect something. What sort of thing? I don't know. But something tells me they're suspicious. Perhaps they think you're after their honey. It may be that. You never can tell with bees. There was another little silence. And then he called down to you again. Christopher Robin? Yes? Have you... "'an umbrella in your house.' "'I think so. "'I wish you would bring it out here "'and walk up and down with it "'and look up at me every now and then "'and say, "'Tut, tut, it looks like rain. "'I think if you did that "'it would help the deception "'which we are practising on these bees.' "'Well, you laughed to yourself, "'silly old bear, "'but you didn't say it aloud "'because you were so fond of him "'and you went home for your umbrella.' "'Oh, there you are,' called down Winnie the Pooh, "'as soon as you got back to the tree. "'I was beginning to get anxious. "'I have discovered that the bees are now definitely suspicious. "'Shall I put my umbrella up?' he said. "'Yes, but wait a moment. "'We must be practical. "'The important bee to deceive is the queen bee. "'Can you see which is the queen bee from down there?' No. A pity. Well, now, if you walk up and down with your umbrella saying, Tut, tut, it looks like rain, I shall do what I can by singing a little cloud song, such as a cloud might sing. Okay, go. So while you walked up and down and wondered if it would rain, Winnie the Pooh sang this song. How sweet to be a cloud floating in the blue, every little cloud always sings aloud. How sweet to be a cloud floating in the blue! It makes him very proud to be a little cloud. The bees were still buzzing suspiciously as ever. Some of them indeed left their nests and flew all around the cloud as it began the second verse of this song, and one bee sat down on the nose of the cloud for a moment, and then got up again. Christopher, ow, Robin, called out the cloud. Yes, I have just been thinking, and I've come to a very important decision. These are the wrong sort of bees, are they? quite the wrong sort so I think they would make the wrong sort of honey shouldn't you would they yes so I think I shall come down how asked you Winnie the Pooh hadn't thought about this if he let go of the string he would fall bump and he didn't like the idea of that so he thought for a long time and then he said Christopher Robin, you must shoot the balloon with your gun. Have you got your gun? Of course I have, you said. But if I do that, it will spoil the balloon, you said. But if you don't, said Pooh, I shall have to let go, and that would spoil me. When he put it like this, you saw how it was, and you aimed very carefully at the balloon, and fired. Ow, said Pooh. "'Did I miss?' you asked. "'You didn't exactly miss,' said Pooh, "'but you missed the balloon.' "'I'm so sorry,' you said, "'and you fired again. "'And this time you hit the balloon, "'and the air came slowly out, "'and Winnie the Pooh "'floated down to the ground. "'His arms were so stiff from holding on to the string of the balloon all that time, that they stayed up straight in the air for more than a week. Whenever a fly came and settled on his nose, he had to blow it off. And I think, but I'm not sure, that that is why he was always called Pooh. Is that the end of the story? asked Christopher Robin. Well, that's the end of that one. There are others. About Pooh and me. And Piglet. And Rabbit. And all of you. Don't you remember? I do remember. And then when I try to remember, I forget. That day when Pooh and Piglet tried to catch the Heffalump? They didn't catch it, did they? No. Pooh couldn't, because he hasn't any brain. Did I catch it? Well, that comes into the story. Christopher Robin nodded. I do remember, he said. Only Pooh doesn't very well, so that's why he likes having it told to him again. Because then it's a real story, and not just a remembering. That's just how I feel, I said. Christopher Robin gave a deep sigh, picked his bear up by the leg, and walked off to the door, trailing Pooh behind him. At the door he turned and said, "'Coming to see me have my bath?' "'I might,' I said. "'I didn't hurt him when I shot him, did I?' "'Not a bit.' He nodded and went out, and in a moment I heard Winnie the Pooh, "'Bump, bump, bump, going up the stairs,' behind him. Chapter 2. In which Pooh goes visiting, and gets into a tight place. Edward Bear, known to his friends as Winnie the Pooh, or Pooh for short, was walking through the forest one day, humming proudly to himself. He had made up a little hum that very morning, as he was doing his stoutness exercises in front of the glass. Tra-la-la, tra-la-la, as he stretched up as high as he could go, and then tra-la-la, tra-la, oh help, as he tried to reach his toes. After breakfast, he had said it over and over to himself until he had learnt it off by heart, and now he was humming it right through properly. Well... He was humming this hum to himself, and walking along gaily, wondering what everybody else was doing, and what it felt like being somebody else. When suddenly, he came to a sandy bank, and in the bank was a large hole. Aha, said Pooh, if I know anything about anything, that hole means rabbit, and rabbit means company and company means food and listening to me humming and such. So he bent down and put his head into the hole and called out Is anybody at home? There was a sudden scuffling noise from inside the hole and then silence. What I said was "'Is anybody at home?' called out Pooh very loudly. "'No,' said a voice, and then added, "'You needn't shout so loud. "'I heard you quite well the first time.' "'Bother,' said Pooh. "'Isn't there anybody here at all?' "'Nobody.' Winnie the Pooh took his head out of the hole "'and thought for a little, "'and he thought to himself,' There must be somebody down there, because somebody must have said nobody. So he put his head back in the hole and said, Hello, Rabbit. Isn't that you? No, said Rabbit, in a different sort of voice this time. But isn't that Rabbit's voice? I don't think so, said Rabbit. It isn't meant to be? ''Oh,'' said Pooh, he took his head out of the hole and had another think, and then he put it back and said, ''Well, could you very kindly tell me where Rabbit is?'' He has gone to see his friend Pooh Bear, who is a great friend of his. ''But this is me,'' said Bear, very much surprised. ''What sort of me?'' Pooh Bear?" Are you sure? said Rabbit, still more surprised. Quite, quite sure, said Pooh. Oh, well, then come in. So Pooh pushed and pushed and pushed his way through the hole, and at last he got in. You were quite right, said Rabbit, looking at him all over. It is you. Glad to see you. "'Who did you think it was?' "'Well, I wasn't sure. "'You know how it is in the forest. "'One can't have anybody coming into one's home. "'One has to be careful. "'What about a mouthful of something?' Pooh always liked a little something "'at eleven o'clock in the morning. "'He was very glad to see Rabbit "'getting out the plates and the mugs. "'And when Rabbit said, "'Honey or condensed milk with your bread?' He was so excited that he said, Both. And then, so as not to seem greedy, he added, But don't bother about the bread, please. And for a long time after that, he said nothing. Until at last, humming to himself in a rather sticky voice, he got up, shook Rabbit lovingly by the paw, and said he must be going on. Must you? said Rabbit politely. Well, said Pooh, I could stay a little longer, if it, if you, and he tried very hard to look in the direction of the larder. Well, as a matter of fact, said Rabbit, I was going out myself directly. Oh, well then, I'll be going on. Goodbye. Well, goodbye, if you're sure you won't have any more. Is there any more? Asked Pooh quickly. Rabbit took the covers off of the dishes and said, No, there wasn't. I thought not, said Pooh, nodding to himself. Well, goodbye. I must be going on. So he started to climb out of the hole. He pulled with his front paws. He pushed with his back paws. And in a little while, his nose was out in the open again. And then his ears. And then his front paws. And then his shoulders. And then... Oh, help, said Pooh. I'd better go back. Oh, bother, said Pooh. I shall have to go on. I can't do either, said Pooh. Oh, help and bother. Now by this time, Rabbit wanted to go for a walk too. And finding the front door full... He went out by the back door and came round to Pooh and looked at him. Hello? Are you stuck? No, said Pooh carelessly. Just resting and thinking and humming to myself. Here, give us a paw. Pooh Bear stretched out a paw and Rabbit pulled and pulled and pulled. "'Ow!' cried Pooh. "'You're hurting.' "'The fact is,' said Rabbit, "'you're stuck.' "'It all comes,' said Pooh crossly, "'of not having front doors big enough.' "'It all comes,' said Rabbit sternly, "'of eating too much,' "'I thought at the time,' said Rabbit. "'Only I didn't like to say anything,' said Rabbit, "'that one of us was eating.' Too much, said Rabbit, and I knew it wasn't me. Well, shall I go and fetch Christopher Robin? Christopher Robin lived at the other end of the forest, and when he came back with Rabbit and saw the front half of Pooh, he said, Silly old bear, in such a loving voice that everybody felt quite hopeful again. I was just beginning to think said Bear, sniffing slightly, that Rabbit might never be able to use his front door again, and I should hate that, he said. So should I, said Rabbit. Use his front door again, said Christopher Robin. Of course he'll use his front door again. Good, said Rabbit. If we can't pull you out, Pooh, we might push you back. Rabbit scratched his whiskers thoughtfully and pointed out that When once Pooh was pushed back, he was back. And of course, nobody was more glad to see Pooh than he was. Still, there it was. Some lived in trees, some lived underground, and... You mean, I'd never get out, said Pooh. I mean, said Rabbit, having got so far, it seems a pity to waste it. Christopher Robin nodded. "'Then there's only one thing to be done,' he said. "'We shall have to wait for you to get thin again.' "'How long does getting thin take?' asked Pooh anxiously. "'About a week, I should think. "'But I can't stay here for a week. "'You can stay here all right, silly old bear. "'It's getting you out, which is so difficult.' "'We'll read to you,' said Rabbit cheerfully. "'And I hope it won't snow,' he added." And I say, old fellow, you're taking up a good deal of room in my house. Do you mind if I use your back legs as a towel horse? Because, I mean, there they are, doing nothing. And it would be very convenient just to hang towels on them. A week, said Pooh gloomily. What about meals? I'm afraid no meals, said Christopher Robin. Because of getting thin quicker. But we will read to you bear began to sigh and then found he couldn't because he was so tightly stuck and a tear rolled down his eye as he said would you read a sustaining book such as would help and comfort a wedged bear in great tightness so for a week christopher robin read that sort of book at the north end of Pooh, and Rabbit hung his washing on the south end, and in between Bear felt himself getting slenderer and slenderer, and at the end of the week Christopher Robin said, now, so he took hold of Pooh's front paws, and Rabbit took hold of Christopher Robin, And all rabbit's friends and relations took a hold of rabbit, and they all pulled together. And for a long time, Pooh only said, Ow, and Oh. And then, all of a sudden, he said, Pop, just as if a cork were coming out of a bottle. And Christopher Robin and Rabbit and all of Rabbit's friends and relations went head over heels backwards, and on top of them came Winnie the Pooh, free. So with a nod of thanks to his friends, he went on with his walk through the forest, humming proudly to himself. But Christopher Robin looked after him lovingly, and said to himself, Silly old bear. Chapter 3 In which Pooh and Piglet go hunting, and nearly catch a woozle. The Piglet lived in a very grand house, in the middle of a beech tree. And the beech tree was in the middle of the forest. And the Piglet lived in the middle of the house. Next to his house was a piece of broken board which had trespassers w on it when christopher robin asked the piglet what it meant he said it was his grandfather's name and had been in the family for a long time christopher robin said you couldn't be called trespassers w and piglet said yes you could because his grandfather was and it was short for trespassers will which was short for Trespassers William, and his grandfather had had two names in case he lost one, Trespassers after an uncle, and William after trespassers. I've got two names, said Christopher Robin carelessly. Well, there you are, that proves it, said Piglet. One fine winter's day, when Piglet was brushing away the snow in front of his house, he happened to look up, And there was Winnie the Pooh. Pooh was walking round and round in a circle, thinking of something else. And when Piglet called to him, he just went on walking. Hello, said Piglet. What are you doing? Hunting, said Pooh. Hunting what? Tracking something, said Winnie the Pooh very mysteriously. "'Tracking what?' said Piglet, coming closer. "'That's just what I ask myself. "'I ask myself, what? "'What do you think you'll answer?' "'I shall have to wait until I catch up with it,' said Winnie the Pooh. "'Now look there,' he pointed to the ground in front of him. "'What do you see there?' "'Tracks,' said Piglet.' Poor Marks, he gave a little squeak of excitement. Oh, Pooh, do you think it's a, a, a woozle? It may be, said Pooh. Sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. You never can tell with poor Marks. With these few words he went on tracking, and Piglet, after watching him for a minute or two, ran after him. Winnie-the-Pooh had come to a sudden stop, and was bending over the tracks in a puzzled sort of way. "'What's the matter?' asked Piglet. "'It's a very funny thing,' said Bear. "'But there seems to be two animals now. "'This, whatever it was, has been joined by another whatever it is, "'and the two of them are now proceeding.' in company. Would you mind coming with me, Piglet, in case they turn out to be hostile animals? Piglet scratched his ear in a nice sort of way, and said that he had nothing to do until Friday, and would be delighted to come, in case it really was a woozle. You mean, in case it really is two woozles, said Winnie the Pooh and Piglet said that anyhow he had nothing to do until Friday, so off they went, together. There was a small spinny of larch trees just here, and it seemed as if the two woozles, if that is what they were, had been going round this spinny. So round this spinny went Pooh and Piglet after them, Piglet passing the time by telling Pooh what his grandfather, Trespassers W., had done to remove stiffness after tracking, and how his grandfather, Trespassers W., had suffered in his later years from shortness of breath, and other matters of interest, and Pooh wondering what a grandfather was like, and if perhaps this was two grandfathers that they were after now, and if so, whether he would be allowed to take one home, and keep it, and what Christopher Robin would say. And still the tracks went on in front of them. Suddenly, Winnie the Pooh stopped, and pointed excitedly in front of him. Look. What? said Piglet with a jump. And then, to show that he hadn't been frightened, he jumped up and down once or twice more, in an exercising sort of way said Pooh a third animal has joined the other two Pooh cried Piglet do you think it's another Woozle no said Pooh because it makes different marks it is either two Woozles and one as it might be wizzle, or two as it might be wizzles, and one if so it is Woozle Let us continue to follow them. So they went on, feeling just a little anxious now, in case the three animals in front of them were of hostile intent. Piglet wished very much that his grandfather T.W. were there, instead of elsewhere. And Pooh thought how nice it would be if they met Christopher Robin suddenly. But quite accidentally... "'and only because he liked Christopher Robin so much. "'And then, all of a sudden, Winnie the Pooh stopped again "'and licked the tip of his nose in a cooling manner, "'for he was feeling more hot and anxious than ever in his life before. "'There were four animals in front of them. "'Do you see, Piglet? Look at their tracks.' Three, as it were, woozles, and one, as it was, whizzle. Another woozle has joined them. And so it seemed to be. There were the tracks, crossing each other here, getting muddled up with each other there. But quite plainly, every now and then, tracks of four sets of paws. I think, said Piglet, when he had licked the tip of his nose, too, and found that it brought very little comfort. I think that I have just remembered something. I have just remembered something that I forgot to do yesterday and shan't be able to do tomorrow, so I suppose I really ought to go back and do it now. We'll do it this afternoon, and I'll come with you, said Pooh. "'It isn't the sort of thing you can do in an afternoon,' said Piglet quickly. "'It's a very particular morning thing that has to be done in the morning, "'and if possible between the hours of—' "'What would you say the time was?' "'About twelve, said Winnie the Pooh, looking at the sun. "'Between, as I was saying, the hours of twelve and twelve-five. "'So really, dear old Pooh, if you'll excuse me—' "'What's that?' Pooh looked up at the sky, and then, as he heard a whistle again, he looked up into the branches of a big oak tree, and then he saw a friend of his. "'It's Christopher Robin,' he said. "'Ah, then you'll be all right,' said Piglet. "'You'll be quite safe with him. Goodbye.' And he trotted off home as quickly as he could, very glad to be out of all danger." again. Christopher Robin came slowly down his tree. "'Silly old bear,' he said. "'What were you doing? First you went round the spinny twice by yourself, "'then Piglet ran after you, "'and you went around again together, "'and then you were just going around for a fourth time.' "'Wait a moment,' said Winnie the Pooh, "'holding up his paw. "'He sat down and thought.' in the most thoughtful way that he could think. He fitted his paw into one of the tracks, scratched his nose twice, and stood up. Yes, said Winnie the Pooh. I see now, said Winnie the Pooh. I have been foolish and deluded, said he, and I am a bear of no brain at all. You're the best bear in all the world, said Christopher Robin soothingly. Am I, said Pooh, hopefully. And then he brightened up suddenly. Anyhow, it's nearly luncheon time. So he went home for it. Chapter Four In which Eeyore loses a tail and Pooh finds one. The old grey donkey Eeyore stood by himself in a thistly corner of the forest. His front feet were apart, his head on one side, and thought about things. Sometimes he thought sadly to himself. Why? And sometimes he thought, wherefore? And sometimes he thought, inasmuch as which? and sometimes he didn't quite know what he was thinking about. So when Winnie the Pooh came stumping along, Eeyore was very glad to be able to stop thinking for a little, in order to say, How do you do? in a gloomy manner to him. And how are you? said Winnie the Pooh. Eeyore shook his head from side to side. Not very how, he said. I don't seem to have felt at all how for a long time. Dear, dear, said Pooh, I'm sorry about that. Let's have a look at you. So Eeyore stood there, gazing sadly at the ground, and Winnie the Pooh walked all around him once. Why, what's happened to your tail, he said in surprise. What has happened to it? said Eeyore. It isn't there. Are you sure? Well, either a tail is there, or it isn't there. You can't make a mistake about it, and yours isn't there. Then, what is? Nothing. Let's have a look, said Eeyore, and he turned slowly around to the place where his tail had been, a little while ago and then finding that he couldn't catch it up he turned around the other way until he came back to where he was at first he put his head down and looked between his legs and at last he said with a long sad sigh i believe you're right of course i'm right said Pooh. that accounts for a good deal said he all gloomily it explains everything. No wonder. You must have left it somewhere, said Winnie the Pooh. Somebody must have taken it, said Eeyore. How like them, he added, after a long silence. Pooh felt that he ought to say something helpful about it, but didn't quite know what. So he decided to do something helpful instead. Eeyore, he said solemnly, I, Winnie the Pooh, will find your tail for you. Thank you, Pooh, answered Eeyore. You're a real friend, not like some. So Winnie the Pooh went off to find Eeyore's tail. It was a fine spring morning in the forest as he started out. Little soft clouds played happily in a blue sky, skipping from time to time in front of the sun, as if they had come to put it out, and then sliding away suddenly, so that the next might have his turn. Through them and between them the sun shone bravely. A copse, which had worn its furs all the year round, seemed old and and dowdy now, besides new green lace, which the beeches had put on so prettily, through copse and spinny marched bare, down open slopes of gorse and heather, over rocky beds of streams, and up steep banks of sandstone, into the heather again, and so at last, tired and hungry, to the hundred-acre wood, for it was in the hundred-acre wood that Owl lived. And if anyone knows anything about anything, said Bear to himself, it's Owl who knows something about something. Or my name's not Winnie the Pooh, which it is, so there you are. Owl lived at the chestnut's. An old-world residence of great charm, which was grander than anybody else's, or seemed so, to bear, because it had both a knocker and a bell-pull. Underneath the knocker there was a notice, which said, "'Please ring, if an answer is required.' Underneath the bell-pull there was a notice which said, "'Please knock, if an answer is not required.' These notices had been written by Christopher Robin, who was the only one in the forest who could spell. For Owl, wise though he was in many ways, able to read and write and spell his own name, yet somehow went all to pieces over delicate words like measles and buttered toast. Winnie the Pooh read the two notices very carefully. First from left to right, and afterwards, in case he missed some of it, from right to left. Then, to make quite sure, he knocked and pulled the knocker. He pulled and knocked the bell rope, and called out in a very loud voice, Owl, I require an answer. It's Bear speaking. And the door opened, and Owl looked out. Hello, Pooh, he said. How's things? Terrible. And sad, said Pooh. Because Eeyore, who is a friend of mine, has lost his tail, and he's moping about it. Could you very kindly tell me how to find it for him? Well, said Al, the customary procedure in such cases is as follows. What does crust of money precede cake mean, said Pooh, for I am a bear of very little brain, and long words bother me. It means the thing to do. As long as it means that, I don't mind, said Pooh humbly. The thing to do is as follows. First, issue a reward, and then... Just a moment, said Pooh, holding up his paw do we do to this what you were saying you sneezed as you were going to tell me i didn't sneeze yes you did al excuse me Pooh, but i didn't you can't sneeze without knowing it well you can't know it without something having been sneezed what i said was first issue a reward "'You're doing it again,' said Pooh, sadly. "'A reward,' said the owl very loudly. "'We write a notice to say that we will give a large something to anybody who finds Eeyore's tail.' "'I see, I see,' said Pooh, nodding his head. "'Talking about large somethings,' he went on dreamily. "'I generally have a small something about now.' about this time in the morning. He looked wistfully at the cupboard in the corner of Owl's parlor. Just a mouthful of condensed milk or what not, perhaps a lick of honey. Well then, said Owl, we write out this notice and we put it up all over the forest. A lick of honey, murmured the bear to himself, "Or, or not, as the case may be. He gave a deep sigh and tried very hard to listen to what Al was saying. But Al went on and on using longer and longer words until at last he came back to where he started and he explained that the person to write out this notice was Christopher Robin. It was he who wrote the ones on my front door for me. "'Did you see them, Pooh?' "'For some time now, Pooh had been saying "'Yes and "'No,' in turn, "'with his eyes shut "'to all that owl Al was saying. "'And having said "'Yes, yes, the last time, he said "'No, not at all, "'without really knowing what owl "'was talking about. "'Didn't you see them?' said the Owl, "'a little surprised. "'Come and look at them now.' "'So they went outside.' And Pooh looked at the knocker and the notice below it. He looked at the bell rope and the notice below it. And the more he looked at the bell rope, the more he felt that he had seen something like it, somewhere else, some time before. Handsome bell rope, isn't it? said the owl. Pooh nodded. Reminds me of something, he said. But I can't think what. Where did you get it? I just came across it in the forest. It was hanging over a bush, and I thought at first somebody lived there, so I rang it, and nothing happened. And then I rang it again, very loudly, and it came off in my hand. And as nobody seemed to want it, I took it home, and... Owl, said Pooh solemnly. You made a mistake. Somebody did want it. Who? Eeyore. My dear friend Eeyore. He was fond of it. Fond of it? Attached to it, said Winnie the Pooh sadly. So with these words, he unhooked it and carried it back to Eeyore. And when Christopher Robin had nailed it on in its right place again, Eeyore frisked about the forest, waving his tail so happily that Winnie the Pooh came over all funny and had to hurry home for a little snack of something to sustain him. Wiping his mouth half an hour afterwards, he sang to himself proudly, Who found the tail? I, said Pooh, at a quarter to two, only it was a quarter to eleven, really. I found the tail. In which Piglet meets a heffalump. One day, when Christopher Robin and Winnie the Pooh and Piglet were all talking together, Christopher Robin finished the mouthful he was eating and said carelessly, I saw a heffalump today, Piglet. What was it doing? Asked Piglet. Just lumping along, said Christopher Robin. I don't think it saw me. I saw one once, Piglet said. At least I think I did. Only, perhaps it wasn't. So did I, said Pooh, wondering what a heffalump was like. You don't often see them, said Christopher Robin, carelessly. Not now, said Piglet. Not at this time of year, said Pooh. Then they all talked about something else, until it was time for Pooh and Piglet to go home together. At first, as they stumped along the path which edged the hundred-acre wood, they didn't say much to each other. But when they came to the stream, and had helped each other across the stepping-stones, and were able to walk side by side again over the heather, They began to talk, in a friendly way, about this and that. And Piglet said, If you see what I mean, Pooh. And Pooh said, It's just what I think myself, Piglet. And Piglet said, But on the other hand, Pooh, we must remember. And Pooh said, Quite true, Piglet, Although I had forgotten it for the moment. And then as they came to the six pine trees... Pooh looked round to see that nobody else was listening, and said in a very solemn voice, "'Piglet, I have decided to do something.' "'What have you decided, Pooh?' "'I have decided to catch a heffalump.' Pooh nodded his head several times as he said this, and waited for Piglet to say, "'How?' "'Or, Pooh, you couldn't. "'Or something helpful of that sort.' But Piglet said nothing. The fact was, Piglet was wishing that he had thought about it first. I shall do it, said Pooh, after waiting a little bit longer, by means of a trap. And it must be a cunning trap, so you'll have to help me, Piglet. Pooh, said Piglet, feeling quite happy again now, I will. And then he said, how shall we do it? And Pooh said, that's just it. How? And they sat down together to think it out. Pooh's first idea was that they should dig a very deep pit, and then the heffalump would come along and fall into the pit, and why, said Piglet. Why what, said Pooh. Why would he fall in? Pooh rubbed his nose with his paw, and said that the heffalump might be walking along, humming a little song, looking up at the sky, wondering if it would rain, and so he wouldn't see the very deep pit until he was halfway down, when it would be too late. Piglet said that this was a very good trap, but supposing it were raining already. Pooh rubbed his nose again and said that he hadn't thought of that, and then he brightened up and said if it were raining already... The heffalump would be looking at the sky, wondering if it would clear up, and so he wouldn't see the very deep pit until he was halfway down, when it would be too late. Piglet said that now that this point had been explained, he thought it was a cunning trap. Pooh was very proud when he heard this, and he felt that the heffalump was as good as caught already. But there was just one other thing which had to be thought about. And it was this. Where should they dig the very deep pit? Piglet said that the best place would be somewhere a heffalump was, just before he fell into it, only about a foot further on. But then he would see us digging it, said Pooh. Not if he was looking at the sky. He would suspect, said Pooh, if he happened to look down. He thought for a long time, and then added sadly, "'It isn't as easy as I thought. "'I suppose that's why heffalumps hardly ever get caught.' "'That must be it,' said Piglet. "'They sighed and got up. "'And when they had taken a few gorse prickles out of themselves, "'they sat down again. "'And all the time Pooh was saying to himself, "'If only I could think of something.' for he felt sure that a very clever brain could catch a -a heffalump, if only he knew the right way to go about it. Suppose you wanted to catch me. How would you do it, he said to Piglet. Well, said Piglet, I should do it like this. I should make a trap, and I should put a jar of honey in the trap, and you would smell it, and you would go in after it, and— And I would go in after it, said Pooh excitedly, only very carefully so as not to hurt myself. And I would get to the jar of honey, and I should lick round the edges first of all, pretending that there wasn't any more, you know. And then I should walk away and think about it a little. And then I should come back and start licking in the middle of the jar, and then Yes, well, never mind about that, there you would be, and there I should catch you. Now the first thing to think of is, what do heffalumps like? I should think, acorns, shouldn't you? We'll get a lot of... uh, Wake up, Pooh. Pooh, who had gone into a happy dream, woke up with a start, and said that honey was a much more trappy thing than acorns. Piglet didn't think so, and they were just going to argue about it when Piglet remembered that if they put acorns in the trap, he would have to find the acorns, but if they put honey, then Pooh would have to give up some of his own honey. So he said, all right, honey then, just as Pooh remembered this too and was going to say, all right, acorns. Honey, said Piglet to himself in a thoughtful way. "'as if it were now settled. "'I'll dig the pit while you go and get the honey.' "'Very well,' said Pooh, and he stumped off. "'As soon as he got home, he went to the larder. "'He stood on a chair and took down "'a very large jar of honey from the top shelf. "'It had honey, H-U-N-N-Y written on it, "'but just to make sure,' He took off the paper cover and looked at it, and it looked just like honey. But you never can tell, said Pooh. I remember my uncle saying once that he had seen cheese just this color. So he put his tongue in and took a large lick. Yes, he said, it is, no doubt about that. And honey, I should say right down to the bottom of the jar. Unless, of course... Somebody put cheese in at the bottom for a joke. Perhaps I had better go a little further, just in case. In case f don't like cheese, same as me. And he gave a deep sigh. I was right. It is, honey. Right the way down. Having made certain of this, he took the jar back to Piglet. And Piglet looked up from the bottom of his very deep pit and said, Got it? And Pooh said, Yes, but it isn't quite a full jar. He threw it down to Piglet. Piglet said, No, it isn't. Is that all you've got left? And Pooh said, Yes, because it was. So Piglet put the jar at the bottom of the pit and climbed out. And they went off home together. Well, good night, Pooh, said Piglet, when they got to Pooh's house. We meet at six o'clock tomorrow morning by the pine trees, and we'll see how many heffalumps we've got in our trap. Six o'clock, Piglet. Have you got any string? No. Why do you want string? To lead them home with. Oh, I think heffalumps come if you whistle. Some do, and some don't. You never can tell with heffalops. Well, good night. Good night. And off Piglet trotted to his house, trespassers W, while Pooh made his preparations for bed. Some hours later, just as the night was beginning to steal away, Pooh woke up with a sinking feeling. He had had that sinking feeling before— And he knew what it meant He was hungry So he went to the larder And he stood on a chair He reached up to the top shelf And found Nothing That's funny, he thought I know I had a jar of honey there Full jar, full of honey Right to the top And it had honey written on it So that I should know it was honey That's very funny and then he began to wander up and down, wondering where it was, murmuring a murmur to himself. It's very, very funny, because I know I had some honey, because it had a label on saying honey, a galopagous full pot too, and I don't know where it's got to, no, I don't know where it's gone. Well, it's funny. He had murmured this to himself three times in a singing sort of way, when suddenly he remembered he had put it into the cunning trap to catch a heffalump. "'Bother,' said Pooh. "'It all comes of trying to be kind to heffalumps.' And he got back into bed. But he couldn't sleep. The more he tried to sleep, the more he couldn't. He tried counting sheep, which is sometimes a good way of getting to sleep— And, as that was no good, he tried counting heffalumps. And that was worse, because every heffalump that he counted was making straight for a pot of Pooh's honey, and eating it all. For some minutes he lay there, miserably. But when the 587th heffalump was licking its jaws and saying to itself, Very good honey this, I don't know if I've tasted better, Pooh could bear it no longer. He jumped out of bed, he ran out of the house, and straight to the six pine trees. The sun was still in bed, but there was a lightness in the sky over the hundred-acre wood, which seemed to show that it was waking up, and would soon be kicking off the clothes. In the half-light the pine trees looked cold and lonely, and the very deep pit seemed deeper than it was, And Pooh's jar of honey at the bottom was something mysterious, a shape and no more. But as he got nearer to it, his nose told him that it was indeed honey, and his tongue came out and began to polish up his mouth ready for it. Bother, said Pooh, as he got his nose inside the jar. A -a heffalump has been eating it. And then he thought a little and said, oh. No, I did. I forgot. Indeed, he had eaten most of it, but there was a little left at the very bottom of the jar. He pushed his head right in and began to lick. By and by, Piglet woke up. As soon as he woke, he said to himself, Oh, and then said bravely, Yes, and then still more bravely, Quite so. But he didn't feel very brave for the word which was really jigging about in his brain was heffalumps. What was a heffalump like? Was it fierce? Did it come when you whistled? How did it come? Was it fond of pigs? If it was fond of pigs, did it make any difference what sort of pig? Suppose it was fierce with pigs, would it make any difference if the pig had a grandfather called Trespassers William? He didn't know the answer to any of these questions, and he was going to see his first heffalump in about an hour from now. Of course Pooh would be with him, and it was much more friendly with two. But suppose heffalumps were very fierce with pigs and bears. Wouldn't it be better to pretend that he had a headache and couldn't go up to six pines this morning? But suppose it was a very fine day, and there was no heffalump in the trap. Here he would be, in bed, all the morning, simply wasting his time for nothing. What should he do? And then he had a clever idea. He would go very quietly to the six pine trees, peep very cautiously into the trap, and see if there was a heffalump there. And if there was, he would go back to bed, and if there wasn't, he wouldn't. So off he went. At first, he thought there wouldn't be a heffalump in the trap, and then he thought that there would. And as he got nearer, he was sure that there would, because he could hear it, heffalumping about like anything. Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear, said Picklet to himself. He wanted to run away. But somehow, having got so near, He felt that he must just see what a heffalump was like. So he crept to the side of the trap and looked in. All the time, Winnie the Pooh had been trying to get the honey jar off his head. The more he shook it, the more tightly it stuck. "'Bother,' he said. "'Oh, help. And mostly, ow.' He tried bumping it against things but as he couldn't see what he was bumping it against, it didn't help. He tried to climb out of the trap, but as he could see nothing but jar, and not much of that, he couldn't find his way. So at last he lifted his head, jar and all, and made a loud roaring noise of sadness and despair. And it was at that moment that Piglet looked down. "'Help! Help!' cried Piglet. "'A heffalump! A horrible heffalump!' And he scampered off as hard as he could, still crying out. "'Help! Help! A herrible hoffalump! "'Hoff! Hoff! A hellable horalump! "'Hol! Hol! A hoffable hellrump!' And he didn't stop crying and scampering until he got to Christopher Robin's house. "'Whatever's the matter, Piglet?' said Christopher Robin, who was just getting up heff said piglet breathing so hard he could hardly speak a heff a heff a -a heffalump where up there said piglet waving his paw what did it look like 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 it had the biggest head you ever saw christopher robin a great enormous thing like like nothing a huge big well like i don't know an enormous big nothing like a jar "'Well,' said Christopher Robin, putting on his shoes. "'I shall go and look at it. Come on.' "'Piglet wasn't afraid if he had Christopher Robin with him, so off they went. "'I can hear it, can't you?' said Piglet, anxiously as they got near. "'I can hear... something,' said Christopher Robin. "'It was Pooh, bumping his head against a tree root. "'There,' said Piglet. "'Isn't it awful?' He held on tight to Christopher Robin's hand. Suddenly, Christopher Robin began to laugh. And he laughed, and he laughed, and he laughed. And while he was still laughing, crash went the heffalump's head against the tree root, smash went the jar, and out came Pooh's head again. Piglet saw what a foolish piglet he had been. He was so ashamed of himself that he ran straight off home and went to bed with a headache. But Christopher Robin and Pooh went home to breakfast together. Oh, bear, said Christopher Robin, how I do love you. So do I, said Pooh. Chapter Six In which Eeyore has a birthday and gets two presents. Eeyore The old grey donkey stood by the side of the stream and looked at himself in the water. Pathetic, he said. That's what it is. Pathetic. He turned and walked slowly down the stream for twenty yards, splashed across it and walked slowly back on the other side. He looked at himself in the water again. As I thought, he said. "'No better from this side. "'But nobody minds. "'Nobody cares. "'Pathetic. "'That's what it is.' "'There was a crackling noise in the bracken behind him, "'and out came Pooh. "'Good morning, Eeyore,' said Pooh. "'Good morning, Pooh-bear,' said Eeyore gloomily. "'If it is a good morning, which I doubt. "'Why, what's the matter?' "'Nothing, Pooh Bear, nothing. "'We can't all, and some of us don't. "'That's all there is to it.' "'Can't all what?' said Pooh, rubbing his nose. Gaiety, Song and dance. "'Here we go round the mulberry bush.' "'Oh,' said Pooh, he thought for a long time, "'and then asked.' What mulberry bush is that? Bonhomie went on Eeyore gloomily. French word meaning Bonhomie. I'm not complaining, but there it is. Pooh sat down on a large stone and tried to think this out. It sounded to him like a riddle, and he was never very much good at riddles, being a bear of very little brain. So he sang Cottleston Pie instead. Cottleston, Cottleston, Cottleston pie. A fly can't bird, but a bird can fly. Ask me a riddle, and I reply. Cottleston, Cottleston, Cottleston pie. That was the first verse, and when he had finished it, Eeyore didn't actually say that he didn't like it, so Pooh very kindly sang the second verse to him. Cottleston, "'Cottleston, Cottleston pie. "'A fish can't whistle, and neither can I. "'Ask me a riddle, and I reply, "'Cottleston, Cottleston, Cottleston pie. Eor still said nothing at all, "'so Pooh hummed the third verse quietly to himself. "'Cottleston, Cottleston, Cottleston pie. "'Wide as a chicken.' I don't know why. Ask me a riddle, and I reply: Cottleston, Cottleston, Cottleston pie. That's right," said Eeyore. Sing, umpty tiddly umpty two. Here we go gathering nuts in May. Enjoy yourself. I am," said Pooh. Some can," said Eeyore. Why? What's the matter? Is anything the matter? You seem so sad, Eeyore. Sad? Why should I be sad? It's my birthday. The happiest day of the year. Your birthday, said Pooh in great surprise. Of course it is. Can't you see? Look at all the presents I have had. He waved a foot from side to side. Look at my birthday cake. Candles, pink sugar. Pooh looked, first to the right and then to the left. Presents, said Pooh. Birthday cake. Where? Can't you see them? No, said Pooh. Neither can I, said Eeyore. Joke, he explained. Ha, ha. Pooh scratched his head, being a little puzzled by all of this. But is it really your birthday, he asked. It is. Oh, well, many happy returns of the day, Eeyore. And many happy returns to you, Pooh Bear. But it isn't my birthday. No, it's mine. But you said many happy returns. Well, why not? "'You don't always want to be miserable on my birthday, do you?' "'Oh, I see,' said Pooh. "'It's bad enough,' said Eeyore, almost breaking down. "'Being miserable myself, what with no presents and no cake and no candles "'and no proper notice taken of me at all. "'But if everybody else is going to be miserable too, this was too much for Pooh. "'Stay there,' he called to Eeyore.' as he turned and hurried back home as quick as he could, for he felt that he must get poor Eeyore a present of some sort at once, and he could always think of a proper one afterwards. Outside his house he found Piglet jumping up and down, trying to reach the knocker. "'Hello, Piglet,' he said. "'Hello, Pooh,' said Piglet. "'What are you trying to do?' "'I was trying to reach the knocker,' said Piglet. "'I just came round.' "'Let me do it for you,' said Pooh kindly. "'He reached up and knocked at the door. "'I've just seen Eeyore,' he began. "'And poor Eeyore is in a very sad condition, "'because it's his birthday, "'and nobody's taken any notice of it. "'He's very gloomy. "'You know what Eeyore is, and there he was. "'And what a long time whoever lives here is answering this door!' "'And he knocked again. But Pooh, said Piglet, it's your own house. Oh, said Pooh, so it is. Well, let's go in. So in they went. The first thing Pooh did was to go to the cupboard to see if he had a quite small jar of honey left. And he had, so he took it down. I'm giving this to Eeyore, he explained. As a present, what are you going to give? Couldn't I give it too, said Piglet, from both of us? "'No,' said Pooh. "'That would not be a good plan. "'All right, I'll give him a balloon. "'I've got one left from my party. "'I'll go get it now, shall I? "'That, Piglet, is a very good idea. "'It's just what Eeyore wants to cheer him up. "'Nobody can be uncheered with a balloon.' "'So off Piglet trotted, "'and in the other direction went Pooh with his jar of honey. "'It was a warm day.' and he had a long way to go. He hadn't gotten more than halfway there, when a sort of funny feeling began to creep all over him. It began at the tip of his nose, and it trickled all through him, at the soles of his feet. It was just as if somebody inside him was saying, Now then, Pooh, time for a little something. Dear, dear, said Pooh, I didn't know it was as late as that. So he sat down and took the top off his jar of honey. Lucky I brought this with me, he thought. Many a bear going out on a warm day like this would never have thought of bringing a little something with him. And he began to eat. Now let me see, he thought, as he took the last lick of the inside of the jar. Where was I going? Ah, yes, Eeyore. He got up slowly. Suddenly, he remembered. He had eaten Eor's birthday present. Bother, said Pooh. What shall I do? I must give him something. For a little while, he couldn't think of anything. Then he thought, well, it's a very nice pot, even if there's no honey in it. If I washed it clean and got somebody to write a happy birthday on it, Eeyore could keep things in it, which might be useful. So as he was passing the hundred-acre wood, he went inside to call on Owl, who lived there. "'Good morning, Owl,' he said. "'Good morning, Pooh,' said Owl. "'Many happy returns of Eeyore's birthday,' said Pooh. "'Oh, is that what it is? "'What are you giving him, Owl? "'What are you giving him, Pooh?' "'I'm giving him a useful pot to keep things in. "'And I wanted to ask you—' "'Is this it?' said Al, taking it out of Pooh's paw. "'Yes. And I wanted to ask you—' "'Somebody's been keeping honey in it,' said Al. "'You can keep anything in it,' said Pooh earnestly. "'It's very useful like that. "'And I wanted to ask you—' "'You ought to write happy birthday on it.' "'That was what I wanted to ask you,' said Pooh. Because my spelling is wobbly. It's good spelling, but it wobbles. The letters get in the wrong places. Would you write a happy birthday on it for me? It's a nice pot, said Owl, looking at it all around. Couldn't I give it too, from both of us? No, said Pooh. That would not be a very good plan. Now, I'll wash it first, and then you can write on it. He washed the pot out. "'and dried it, while Owl licked the end of his pencil "'and wondered how to spell birthday. "'Can you read, Pooh?' he asked a little anxiously. "'There's a notice about knocking and ringing outside my door, "'which Christopher Robin wrote. Could you read it?' "'Christopher Robin told me what it said, and then I could... "'Well, I'll tell you what this says, and then you'll be able to.' "'So Owl wrote.' And this is what he wrote. hippie pappy bit bithida, bithida birthday Pooh looked on admiringly. I'm just saying happy birthday, said Owl carelessly. It's a nice long one, said Pooh, very much impressed by it. Well, actually, of course, I'm saying very happy birthday, with love, from Pooh. Naturally, it takes a good deal of pencil to say a long thing like that. Oh, I see, said Pooh. While all this was happening, Piglet had gone back to his own house to get Eeyore's balloon. He held it very tightly against himself, so that it shouldn't be blown away. He ran as fast as he could, so as to get to Eeyore before Pooh did, for he thought that he would like to be the first one to give a present, just as if he had thought of it without being told by anybody. And running along and thinking how pleased Eeyore was going to be, he didn't look where he was going. Suddenly, he put his foot in a rabbit hole and fell down flat on his face. Bang. Piglet lay there, wondering what had happened. At first, he thought the whole world had blown up, and then he thought that perhaps only the forest part of it had, and then he thought perhaps only he had, and he was now alone in the moon or somewhere. And would never see Christopher Robin or Pooh or Eeyore again. And then he thought, Well, even if I'm in the moon, I needn't be face downwards all the time. So he got cautiously up and looked about him. He was still in the forest. Well, that's funny, he thought. I wonder what that bang was. I couldn't have made such a noise just falling down. Where's my balloon? What's that small piece of damp rag doing? It was the balloon. "'Oh, dear,' said Piglet. "'Oh, dear. "'Oh, dearie, dearie, dear. "'Well, it's too late now. "'I can't go back. "'I haven't another balloon. "'And perhaps Eeyore doesn't like balloons so very much.' "'So he trotted on, rather sadly now. "'And down he came to the side of the stream where Eeyore was "'and called out to him. "'Good morning, Eeyore,' shouted Piglet. "'Good morning, little Piglet,' said Eeyore if it is a good morning, which I doubt, not that it matters. Many happy returns of the day, said Piglet, having now got a little closer. Eeyore stopped looking at himself in the stream, and turned to stare at Piglet. Just say that again, he said. Many hap- wait a moment balancing on three legs he began to bring his fourth leg very cautiously up to his ear i did this yesterday he explained as he fell down for the third time it's quite easy it's so i can hear better there that's done it now then what were you saying he pushed his ear forward with his hoof Many happy returns of the day, said Piglet again, meaning me. Of course, Eeyore. My birthday. Yes, me. Having a real birthday. Yes, Eeyore, and I've brought you a present. Eeyore took down his right hoof from his right ear, turned round and with great difficulty put up his left hoof. "'I must have that in the other ear,' he said. "'Now, then?' "'A present,' said Piglet very loudly. "'Meaning me again?' "'Yes, my birthday, still. "'Of course, Eeyore. "'Me, going on, having a real birthday?' "'Yes, Eeyore, and I brought you a balloon.' "'Balloon?' said Eeyore.' You did say balloon, one of those big colored things that you blow up. Gaiety, song and dance, here we are, there we are. Yes, but I'm afraid, I'm very sorry, all but when I was running along to bring it to you, I fell down. Dear, dear, how unlucky. You ran too fast, I expect. You didn't hurt yourself, little Piglet. No, but I... Eor, I burst the balloon. There was a very long silence. My birthday balloon? Yes, Eeyore, said Piglet, sniffling a little. Here it is, with many happy returns of the day. He gave Eor the small piece of damp rag. Is this it? said Eor. A little surprised. Piglet nodded. My present. Piglet nodded again. The balloon. Yes. Thank you, Piglet, said Eeyore. You don't mind me asking, he went on, but what color was this balloon when it was a balloon? Red. I just wondered. Red, he murmured to himself. My favorite color. How big was it? About as big as me. I just wondered. About as big as Piglet, he said to himself, sadly. My favorite size. Well, well. Piglet felt very miserable and didn't know what to say. He was still opening his mouth to begin something and then deciding that it wasn't any good saying that. When he heard a shout from the other side of the river, and there was Pooh. Many happy returns of the day, called out Pooh, forgetting that he had said it already. Thank you, Pooh. I'm having them, said Eeyore gloomily. I've brought you a little present, said Pooh excitedly. I've had it, said Eeyore. Pooh had now splashed across the stream to Eeyore, and Piglet was sitting a little way off his head and his paws snuffling to himself. "'It's a useful pot,' said Pooh. "'Here it is, and it's got a very happy birthday with love from Pooh written on it. "'That's what all the writing is. "'It's for putting things in. "'There.' "'When Eeyore saw the pot, he became quite excited. "'Why,' he said, "'I believe... "'My balloon will just go into that pot.' "'Oh, no,' said Pooh. "'Balloons are much too big to go into pots. "'What you do with a balloon is you hold the balloon.' "'Not mine,' said Eeyore proudly. "'Look, Piglet.' "'And as Piglet looked sorrowfully round, "'Eeyore picked up the balloon with his teeth "'and placed it carefully in the pot. "'Picked it out, put it on the ground.' picked it up again, and put it carefully back. So it does, said Pooh. It goes in. So it does, said Piglet, and it comes out. Doesn't it? said eeyore It goes in and out, like anything. I'm very glad, said Pooh happily, that I thought of giving you a useful pot to put things in. "'I'm very glad,' said Piglet happily, "'that I thought of giving you something to put in a useful pot.' "'But Eeyore wasn't listening. "'He was taking the balloon out and putting it back in again, "'as happy as could be.' "'Didn't I give him anything?' asked Christopher Robin sadly. "'Of course you did,' I said. "'You gave him—don't you remember?' "'A little... a little, um... "'I gave him a box of paints to paint things with. "'That was it. "'Why didn't I give it to him in the morning? "'You were so busy getting his party ready for him. "'He had a cake with icing on the top, "'and three candles, "'and his name in pink sugar. "'Yes, I remember,' said Christopher Robin. "'The end.' And that is where we close the book tonight on this episode of Down to Sleep. You can hear part two next Monday here on Spotify or whichever podcast app you were listening on. If you would like to hear the rest right now and hear all of Winnie the Pooh as a complete audiobook, join me on Patreon at patreon.com downtosleep down to sleep. There are many complete audiobooks there that you can hear as well as get two episodes every single week. Thank you for listening wherever you are in the world. I hope that you have a beautiful rest of your night. Good night.